Well, welcome to Quantum number 167. Space, a final frontier. Quantum is the podcast that boldly goes where no other podcast has gone before. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. That is, of course, Star Trek and Captain Kirk, i.e. William Shatner, has announced plans to travel into space at the age of 90. Yes, it's true, he said, I'm going to be a rocket man. It's never too late to experience a new thing. Blue Origin, the space company founded by Jeff Bezos, said he would join three other passengers um, on the trip this coming week, I believe. Uh, I've heard about space for a long time now. I'm taking the opportunity to see it for myself. What a miracle. Well, it's funny, isn't it? We, we thought, those of us growing up many years ago, thought that by now Star Trek would have come true. It's not going to come true, is it? Well, Quantum is a podcast that looks at news and views from throughout the world, and sometimes we ask where we get our views from, and if you get yours from Facebook, then for six hours this week, you may have been panicking. I know there are some people who are disturbed they weren't able to get onto WhatsApp or Instagram or Facebook because there was an outage, as Facebook put it. It's not been a good week for them. Here is a former Facebook employee, Frances Hogan, uh, testifying against her company. I believe in the potential of Facebook. We can have social media we enjoy that connects us without tearing our apart our democracy, putting our children in danger, and sowing ethnic violence around the world. During my time at Facebook, I came to realize a devastating truth. Almost no one outside of Facebook knows what happens inside of Facebook. The company intentionally hides vital information from the public, from the US government, and from governments around the world. The documents I have provided to Congress prove that Facebook has repeatedly misled the public about what its own research reveals about the safety of children, the efficacy of its artificial intelligence systems, and its role in spreading divisive and extreme messages. We can afford nothing less than full transparency. She claims that Facebook harms children, stokes division, and weakens our democracy. Now, Facebook is massive, as you know. I suppose many of you, if not most of you, will be on it. It has 2.7 billion monthly active users. Hundreds of millions of people use WhatsApp and Instagram. Now, one of their own internal studies showed that 13.5% of teenage girls said that Instagram had made their thoughts of suicide worse while 17% said the same of eating disorders. But there are many other reasons to criticize Facebook. And, and I think one is this. It, along with Twitter, uh, Google, have claimed that they are a platform. They are not publishers, so they're not responsible for what goes on. Now, that surely must change. There are big tax advantages and legal advantages for them for that. But that surely must change now that these big Californian giants whose reach extends into all the world, except perhaps parts of China and North Korea, but now that they are censoring people and telling us what we can and cannot say, I think that's a huge, huge, huge issue. 
Incidentally, um, Francis testified that trust was earned and it was about reconciliation and so on. I don't think that's going to come through a social media company. I also think there's a big lesson here in putting all your eggs in one media basket, if it is, is how I would put it. Because even Facebook employees couldn't get into their own building. You know, things are very, very, very convenient. It's, it's great having Google Maps, for example. But what if your phone dies or what if there's, they're blocked and you don't know how to read a map? It's great having a calculator, but what if you don't know how to count? It's great having someone be able to give you an audio of an audio book, but what if you can't read? And I think we need to be careful in all of this. Okay, let's do some world news. Um, Ecuador. In Ecuador, at least 116 people have died in a fight between rival gangs in a prison in the city of Guayaquil. Police say the prisoners threw grenades in the worst prison violence in the country's history. Five inmates were decapitated. It took hundreds of police officers to regain control of the jail, which all this is, of course, about drug gangs. And drug gangs remain massive problems in Mexico and in South America. And it really is, again, a concern about the violence that's involved. Now we go further north into North America, into the United States, and I think that disintegration of that society is continuing. Here's a, a, a small sample. We need a Build Back Better plan right now. We need solutions in the Build Back Better plan. Need has the solutions that we need. We knocked on doors for you to get you elected, and just how we got you elected, we can get you out of office if you don't support what you promised us. Now that was... Senator Kirstein Siema, who is a Democrat. And the, the story behind this is she was at Arizona State University and she is at the moment refusing to vote for a 3.5 trillion Biden social infrastructure bill, which means it almost certainly will not pass. Her and another Democratic senator are opposed to this. And this was her being hounded. Um, I think that it's extraordinary. Uh, hounded, going into a toilet, being harassed by people, and notice the nastiness and the mob rule, we can get you out of office. I think that we need to be very aware there is mob rule on social media, but in the United States, there's increasingly mob rule coming in uh, through its students largely. And it's not that they're particularly intelligent, and it's not even that they're particularly radical. It's just bullying and nastiness. Something else also in the United States. Well, this story gives me an excuse to play this song. I think that's just a genius song. It made me laugh so much. I'm in love with my car. I've got a feel for my automobile. 
Well, the car maker Tesla has been ordered to pay $137 million to a black former worker at its Fremont plant, Owen Diaz, who was a lift operator from 2015 to 2016, was subjected to a racially hostile work environment. There were racist slurs on the factory floor and racist graffiti in bathrooms. Now, Tesla's disputing the verdict. And I, I mean, it's a horrible thing to happen. But $137 million? That's what I mean about the madness. Now, if we were to pay $137 million to every person in the United States who'd been racially abused, the whole country would be bankrupt. And what about other people who've been abused? 137 million. That's madness. All right, here's our national anthem of the week. Brave men of Quisquea, let us sing with strong feeling and let us show to the world our invincible, glorious banner. Hail, O people who, strong and intrepid, launched into war and went to death. Under a warlike menace of death, you broke your chains of slavery. No country deserves to be free if it is an indolent and servile slave, if the call does not grow loud within it, tempered by a, a virile heroism. But the brave and indomitable Keskia will always hold its head high. For if it were a thousand times enslaved, it would a thousand times regain freedom. Well, the lyrics are better than the actual <laughs> than the actual tune, I think. But that's Dominica. And the reason I'm playing that is at the Olympic Games in Tokyo, the Dominican athlete Marla Di Polinio, she won a silver medal in the 400 metres. She raised the Dominican flag in one hand and the Bible in the other. And that's because the Dominican flag is the only flag in the world which has the Bible on it. Um, and, I, and I love that. It has a large central white cross and right in the middle it has the coat of arms. I'll, I'll put this on the, the website. It was made official in 1913. It has a Bible open in John 8, 32, and above it a cross. Uh, and it has an ultramarine blue ribbon which reads, God, homeland and freedom. I think I want to be a Dominican. <laughs> COVID, let's, let's say something about COVID. Now this again, I, I listened to, uh, I went online to a launch of a book by the Australian writer Sherry Markson, and this has been featured a lot in the US, and I'm, I'm waiting for the book. I'll read it. I'll review it for you. But even the interview and things I've read are just remarkable. And it seems extremely likely, and this is a huge story, extremely likely that COVID-19 came out of a lab in Wuhan in China. And I read this article where there's some of this evidence that I want to just put a couple of things to you. Um so, within months of the SARS-1 and MERS outbreak, scientists found animals that had hosted the viruses before they'd made the jump to humans. 80% of the animals in affected markets were infected with the coronavirus. Now, in Nature Medicine, we were told in March 2020 that a host animal for COVID-19, SARS-2, would soon be found. 
but none was found. They searched and tested more than 80,000 animals from 209 species, including wild, domesticated and market animals. There wasn't a single one infected with COVID-19. Now, that strongly favours the lab leak theory. Then another thing here. A team of American scientists have determined that the original SARS-CoV-2 pathogen was 99.5% optimised for human infection. In other words, human beings made this virus so that it would be more infectious for human beings. Now, based on that scientific evidence alone, a jury would absolutely convict the Wuhan laboratory of this escaping. Now, no one's saying it was done deliberately, but this was a laboratory using accelerated evolution, gain of function, and gene splicing on the backbone of a bat coronavirus. The odds, the odds that this came from elsewhere in Wuhan are just ridiculously low. It's no wonder that China, you, you wondered why China got so mad at, at Australia for suggesting we have a proper investigation. Well, now you know why. Will they ever be held responsible? Okay, uh, there were some marches in the US. Listen to this. And Saturday has been a day of protests across the US. Thousands of women's rights advocates joined more than 600 marches to protest against recent efforts by some of the states to severely restrict access to terminations, including a new law in Texas that bans abortions beyond six weeks. Our correspondent Barbara Plett-Usher was at one of the largest rallies in the US capital, Washington, D.C. And from there she told me why so many people are out protesting. You know, they are very worried about abortion rights, especially in the last month. Um, they, uh, Texas has passed a law that is extremely restrictive. Abortions are not allowed pretty much after six weeks. And the government says that violates the constitutional rights, but the Supreme Court has allowed it to go ahead. Um, didn't rule on its constitutionality, but didn't stop it from going into effect. And that has many women, many um, advocates of abortion rights worried because they feel that that is a sign that the Supreme Court, uh, which has become uh, much more conservative under the appointments made by Donald Trump, could be moving in a bigger way even to roll back abortion rights. It's going to be seeing... Now, what intrigued me about this was not so much that there were marches, but the way that they were reported, because I heard them reported here in, on the ABC in Australia and on the BBC in the UK as these kind of mega marches with this incredibly important issue. But here is what bothers me. And this is, again, how we think about news. We need to be really careful because they don't report this fairly and they don't report it equally. And what I mean by that is there were millions of people in the US who marched against abortion and virtually not a word from the BBC or ABC. Likewise in France. These marches weren't particularly big, but they were headline news in all Western countries. Why? Because it's promoting an agenda. Ooh, baby, do you know what that's worth? Ooh, heaven is a place on earth. Never been happier in all of my life Since the day that I moved to five. That's from um, St. Andrews University, a university I know well, which has just been named the number one university in the UK. I know a place where the grass is really greener Cold, wet and windy May dip your going in the water 
The University of Andr St Andrews is in trouble, I think, because it has relied for a long time on students from America. Americans want to go to the place where Prince William was and so on. They make up 16% of un undergraduates. They, they, international students, Americans get fleeced. They pay £25,000 per year compared to 9000 for English, Welsh and Northern Irish students. Um, of course, American uh, St. Andrews faculty staff go over to the US to, to woo American students to come. And sadly, American culture politics, culture wars has now come to St. Andrews, which once used to be a, a bastion of, of common sense, i.e. reformed theology, <laughs> no longer. St. Andrews, it was reported this week that St. Andrews is no longer allowing students to matriculate unless they pass modules on sustainability, diversity, consent and good academic practice. They're asked whether they agree or disagree with statements such as acknowledging your personal guilt is a useful start point in overcoming unconscious bias. So, can you acknowledge that you're guilty even though you don't know what you're guilty of? And so on. Um, it is absolute intellectually dumb. It's garbage. Uh, one student said we had to complete mandatory consent training and training in environmental sustainability action in order to matriculate. It's absolutely just extraordinary. I think we're going to need Christian universities. St Andrews once was a Christian university, by the way, but see how far it's gone downhill since it's rejected that. Fitting ready, turn it up cause it's getting heavy. Wild, wet, East Coast, these are the girls I love the most. I mean the ones, I mean the ones like she's the one. Stock up, poker for the academic mom. The girls are free, but she ain't cheap. She lives quite close on Market Street. I'm okay, I won't play. I love the bay, just like I love St. A. Okay, let's go to the Tory party conference in the UK. If you want a supreme example of global Britain in action, of something daring and brilliant that would simply not have happened if we'd remained in the EU, I give you AUKUS. AUKUS. An idea so transparently right... An idea so transparently right that Labour conference voted overwhelmingly against it. And I... I know there has been a certain raucous caucus from the anti-AUKUS caucus, but AUKUS, AUKUS is simply a recognition of the reality that the world is tilting on its axis, on its economic axis, and our trade and relations in the Indo-Pacific region are becoming more vital than ever before. And that's why we sent our amazing carrier strike group to the Far East, performing manoeuvres with 40 friendly countries, HMS Queen Elizabeth, as long as the entire Palace of Westminster and rather more compelling as an argument than many of the speeches made in the House of Commons. It has, it has dozens of F-35s on board, 66,000 sausages. And not because we want to threaten anyone or be adversarial to anyone, either with the F-35s or indeed the sausages, but because, we want to, but because we want to stick up for the rule of law that is so vital for freedom of navigation and free trade. And that's what brings AUKUS together, Australia, UK, US, shared values, a shared belief in... Now, there are a couple of things just from that conference. Um, Boris Johnson's speech itself. Now, if you listen to it, okay, it's entertaining. And there's a lot in it. And of course, they absolutely loved it. Um, there are people who would think, well, isn't this brilliant? This is the kind of, you know, as he put it, the most jiving, hip, happening and generally funkopolitan party in the world. Well... 
He said it was a sermon. Let me now come to the punchline of my sermon. I tell you this, if I heard a sermon like that, I'd be disgusted because I don't want a sermon that's just full of homesy jokes and in-jokes. I, I want something that has some degree of substance. And Johnson's just a remarkable person for being able to say things that are incredibly optimistic and also just false. Um, in, in the speech itself, he had puns, he had whimsical kind of stuff, he had images, and he had, you know, smutty allusions, and, and everyone loved him. Um, and they screamed and shouted and giggled and everything else. I'd, but I think Johnson is actually terrible in terms of, he doesn't analyse, he describes things, and he he doesn't really deal with the problems. And he trivialises so many things. So here is his wife, his now wife, his former mistress, Carrie Johnson, who, well, l listen to her for a little bit. We are all committed to equality and acceptance for everyone, whoever you are and whomever you love. There are still those that will tell you that being LGBT plus notory is somehow incompatible. Well, looking around the room tonight, we can see that is blatantly untrue. The idea that your sexual orientation or your gender identity should determine your politics is now as logical as saying as your height or your hair colour should. Many of you here tonight have helped play a part in the journey our party has taken on gay rights. And we can now say with huge pride that it was a Conservative Prime Minister who delivered equal marriage in the yeah. There she was using all the jargon. We're for equal marriage, I'm an ally, we're banning conversion therapy and all the rest of it. We Weren't we great? We flew the pride flag from our embassies. Go on your own journey of self-acceptance. It's absolutely full of all that, uh, of that jargon. Um, whether you are LGBT plus or an ally like me, we are all committed to equality and acceptance for everyone, whoever you are and whomever you love. That's not true. She doesn't believe that. It doesn't make any sense. And it does, you know, people associate the woke progressive stuff with the left. Let me tell you this. The right are just as bad at it and, and sometimes even worse. Boris Johnson rejoicing that a conservative conference was a place where you can swap body fluids. Yeah, it seems to me we have a joker and a clown as the leader of the country. All right, let's uh, do something different that's, a, a, I think, a bit better news. Uh, well, it's a lot better news and stuff that matters, and that's in Indonesia. Well, first of all, I want to note that as regards COVID, um, it looks as though the numbers in Indonesia are going down a bit. But the latest data released by the government of Indonesia suggests that the number of Christians has slightly increased. The country has the world's largest Muslim population, but it now has 20.4 million Protestants and 8.42 million Catholics, who together comprise 10.58% of the total population of 272 million. Um... There are 30 Muslim-majority provinces. Only in four provinces is Islam a minority religion or below 50%, including West Papua. 
churches are facing more and more opposition from militant Islamists who do not accept the Indonesian constitution based on the doctrine of Pancaskilia, five principles upholding the nation's belief in the one and only God, social justice, humanity, unity and democracy for all. Pray for Indonesia. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that. You know, it does strike me that we live in a in a kind of lost world. Well. We're here about the good news as well, aren't we? And I, I just so love this song so much. How precious did that grace appear The I first believed My chains are benefited so much from reading John Newton and so on but uh, this song was brought to mind Amazing Grace um, by this, this is a great story a uh, missing man in Turkey Behan Mutlu had been out drinking with friends on Tuesday when he wandered into a forest in the Bursa province and his wife and friends alerted local authorities and a search party was sent out Mr Mutlu <laughs> came across the search party and decided to join them. So he began searching for himself. When members of the search party began shouting out his name, he said, I'm here. This is me. Um, he was taken aside by one of the rescue workers to give a statement. Don't punish me too harshly, officer, he said. My father will kill me. It's not clear if he was given a fine. <laughs> it's just such... A brilliant story. Um, he was lost and he didn't know that people were searching for him. You know, imagine that you are so lost that you don't even know that you're lost. I think that's our society. You know, we've what have we looked at this week? We've looked at an actor getting into space and saying it's a miracle. We've looked at a social media company who control so much and who are prepared, and they are prepared to put uh, profit before people. We've looked at drug deaths in a prison in Ecuador. We've looked at mob violence in the United States and injustice in the United States. We've looked at a country which has a Bible on its flag, which is, is, is wonderful. We've looked at a virus that is man-made, killing hundreds of thousands of people. We've looked at the people demanding the right to kill babies. We've looked at 
a once proud university and being reduced to the level of a show, a clown show, really. And we've looked at the leadership of a country turning into a joke. So, and we've looked at the church in Indonesia growing and yet being persecuted. And in all of this, we need to know and to be found by and to find Christ. There's a moral to the story that I'm about to tell When you take a look around you to see that all is well And just because you're cosy Don't think the world is rosy Some people in this own world have gone through hell And the silent majority stayed silent while the despots murdered millions worldwide And tyrannical parfaits of injustice Make the law then claim the law is on their side Okay, I'm going to play out with this song from Paul McKenna and thank you for uh, the person it was who sent it to me. It's a song called The Silent Majority. It's worth you going and listening to all of it and it talks about uh, many different injustices in the world. And then this line in a verse, South Africa, Cambodia, Great Britain and Iran, every nation state in history since history began. Since the Son of Man was martyred to pay the price of sin, I sometimes think our Savior died in vain. And the silent majority stayed silent while they crucified the Lamb upon a hill. He was murdered in the name of religion and if Christ returned, they'd crucify him still. Their propaganda twists the facts before your very eyes and with thin th threads of truth, they'll weave their wicked webs of lies. Like Jesus was a heretic and Caesar was a god. And pity help who dared to criticize. If the silent majority stays silent and the evil men will surely have their way, Stem the tide before the deluge. That's the moral. If we don't speak up, we'll all be swept away. Well, this podcast is about speaking up. May not be the silent majority, maybe a minority. It doesn't matter. We speak truth and we must speak truth. See you next week. Let me know if there's anything you want to have a look at. Um, uh, let me know of any comments that you have. And if you'd like to support us, please do so on the Podbean fundraiser. God bless you and uh, see you next week. Bye. South Africa, Cambodia, Great Britain and Iran Every nation state in history since history began Since the Son of Man was martyred to pay the price of sin I sometimes think our Saviour died in vain And the silent majority stayed silent As they crucified a lamb upon the hill He was murdered in the name of religion And if Christ returned they'd crucify him still the propaganda twists the facts before your very eyes And within threads of truth they'll weave their wicked web of lies Like Jesus was a heretic and Caesar was a god And pity help who dare to criticize And if the silent majority stays silent Then the evil men will surely have their way Stem the tide before the deluge, that's the moral If we don't speak up we'll all be swept away and if the silent majority stays silent If the silent majority stays silent And if the silent majority stays